Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck, and it is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. And before I bring on my amazing guest, I always like to start with an awesome marketing tip of the week to get you started and also a self-care tip that I'm incorporating that I wanted to share to inspire you too. So marketing tip of the day. This really speaks to the interview specifically that I had today with the amazing Jesse Sitaro, who I'll talk about in a little bit. But I want to talk about the importance about being on all social media platforms. People think that they can be on one platform and it is enough, and it is not. If one platform was taken away from you tomorrow, where is your presence? Um, I'm all about being everywhere and spending your time maybe on one or two platforms regularly, but you always need a backup plan. Like I am really all about that. It's why I started my business and why I incorporate to teach it. So if you are not on every single social media platform, even if it's just set up and they're not all fully active, get started. It's better to get started than to not do it at all. So that's my marketing tip of the day. My self-care tip of the day is going to be all about meditation. Jesse and I also talked about this on the podcast, so it's very relevant. But I want to talk about the power of meditating and saying like gratitude before each meeting. I am really big before I have meetings with um, guests and clients and all the things. I always say, you know, thank you for the magnificent outcome to my meeting with Diana, thank you for the magnificent outcome to my meeting with Jesse. Like just because it puts good energy out and it always pays forward. So always give gratitude regularly. And I think you will see a lot of shift in your mindset and also the outcome of the meetings that you have. So that's something that I've been incorporating. Um, and now I want to talk about my amazing, inspiring guest. So I'm so excited to introduce you to the amazing Jesse Sataro. He is a former homeless foster kid turned into a six-figure fitness entrepreneur. Talk about inspiring. He's a certified personal trainer. He works with people all over the world from Boston to Australia. So I'm really excited for all of you to get to know this rock star. So stay tuned for the amazing Jesse Sitaro. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us. At Next On Scene. All right, everyone, welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene. I am so excited to be here with the amazing former homeless foster kid turned six figure entrepreneur. He's a certified personal trainer doing all the things in the North End and beyond. Hello, Jesse Sitaro. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? So excited to have you here. You are doing such amazing stuff. So, and what an inspiring like backstory you have. So tell me yeah. and my audience like about your background and obviously what inspired you to become an entrepreneur. So I'm Jesse. I'm a certified personal trainer. Uh, I own a gym in the North End. So I, I think the thing that makes my story unique is that um, beyond the fact that just like, I'm not just another personal trainer and like, I'm not another business owner, like nothing was handed to me. I grew up in foster care. Uh, my parents are both drug and alcohol addicts, and uh, I didn't really have the easiest childhood. And one of the things that kind of kept me sane was uh, the discovery of fitness and wellness. And uh, at a certain point in my 20s, I kind of made the decision that I was going to go all in on that and see if um, 
I, I just knew how important it was for my life. And I just knew I wanted to be able to leverage that and help other people. And I didn't know I was going to do this well. Uh, but it's been a, it's been a wild ride. Um, you know, like seven years ago, I was homeless when I, when I aged out of the foster care system and, uh, I didn't really know where my life was going to take me. And now I kind of wake up in my dream apartment and I go work at my dream job and my dream neighborhood. I wake, you know, I bring my dog to work with me. I get to help a lot of people. It's just been a, it's been really just an incredible journey. So I'm excited to be able to talk about it. Uh, I'm excited to be where I am and I'm excited to be on the podcast for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's so awesome and so inspiring to share. What kind of like, because to be a successful entrepreneur, especially a young entrepreneur, I'm really big on like mindset. So like what sort of like mindset things like did you feel like or did you work on to get to where you are now? So I think for me, kind of talking about, you know, going back to what I said before is that I didn't really have a lot to lose. Like I didn't have like parents that I needed their approval. I didn't have any, uh, I don't, I never had a backup plan. So, you know, when I decided that I was going to go all in on fitness and, uh, uh, I, there was no, there was no plan B if it didn't work out. And I think that that kept me hungry. I think not, I think knowing that it was all up to me to, um, to do well was actually a huge advantage for me that I think a lot of my peers, especially, uh, you know, in this generation, I, I have that old school work ethic that you don't see. Like, you know, I, when I like, so I used to wake up, so no one believes this story, but I mean, I lived that way for years and anyone that's close to me knows it. When I was like 26, 27, I first got into the industry. Like I would wake up at 4am. I'd go open the gym at 5pm, the commercial, 5am, uh, the commercial gym I was working at. I'd work from 5am to 9am trying to build my business in the morning. And then I'd go work my nine to five in social services, sneak out on my lunch break and take classes at BU, go back to the gym at 5pm and then work there until nine when the gym closed. And then I wasn't making any money yet really because my social service job didn't pay well and I was still building my fitness business. So I'd then go bounce at bars in Boston from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So, I mean, there was a year or two span there in my 20s where I was literally sleeping like two or three hours a night. Um, and I think that, you know, that it, it was a mentality thing for me. So I remember being really tired, but knowing that, like, you know, if I kept pushing forward, like, and I remember those December and those February and those January uh, mornings at 4am when it was pitch black and, you know, I'm waiting for my Uber to go to work after I just got two hours of sleep. But I knew that I always had the vision of being where I am now that someday I wanted to own my own gym and I needed to work and I needed to grind. And in order to achieve the things that, you know, I wanted, I needed to be willing to do things that normal people aren't. And that for me was working like a fucking dog. <laughs> it worked <laughs> out though. Sense? It totally paid it forward. It's so awesome. Yeah. It absolutely really so what's a day in the absolutely. life of jesse like now so you wake up tell us everything so I, <laughs> so I wake up i wake up with my dog i have a rescue dog named meatball uh Love we it. live in the <laughs> north end i have a nice little apartment on hanover street uh brand new modern um i walk to work which is a three minute walk so it couldn't be any easier uh and for me i, I open the gym early in the morning usually like six o'clock seven o'clock and I mean, I'm not lying when I say I do sessions from about 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day. There's gaps in that where I get to kind of decompress, take my dog for a walk, work out. Um, but I'm still putting in like 12-hour days, 16-hour days sometimes. So, But I love it. So being able to – and now I'm in a position, Jackie, where like 
it's my business. It's, it's my gym. It's my music. It's my dog. Like, so even though it's labor, it's a labor of love. Does that make sense? 100%. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like work most of the time. I still sometimes have to pinch myself that uh, I'm living this life. You know what I mean? It's freaking awesome. You deserve it. It's really inspiring to watch. I love following like all your stories too. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us about like your first time you ever trained. <laughs> and, like, okay. and like, how was it transitioned to like the clients that you work with now? Yeah. So my very first client, um, so I won't say her name, but she was great. And, uh, so I remember, so for me, I think the biggest adjustment was I grew up super poor. And so I remember when I first started at the commercial gym and they were going over like what was called the price presentation. And it was literally, and this was at a commercial gym, uh, just a big box commercial gym that people have heard of. They got in a lot of trouble recently. I won't mention their name, uh, but <laughs> they owe a lot of people money. But I remember they were showing me the price presentation for personal training and it was like, you know, 85, 95, $105 an hour. And I grew up so poor that like, I, when I saw that, I was like, I have to ask this person for that much money. Like I, and I was like shocked by that, but, um, I did the free workout with the person and they loved it, which I, you know, which is good. Cause you know, that was a confidence booster for me. Cause in your very first, no matter what you do, the very first time you do it, there's always going to be some sort of, a. uh, I was nervous, you know, so, uh, but she loved it. She wanted to keep working out with me. And I remember kind of nervously, like presenting the prices, thinking it was outrageous that the gym expected me to ask people for that much money and her being like, yeah, that's fine. Now can I buy like a couple months up front and all shit? Like this is, I just didn't grow up in that downtown financial district confidence for me. And that girl went on to train with me for a long time and lost like 30 pounds and got really, really strong. And I just remember, um, I just remember, once I made that sale, that boosted my confidence. And then, you know, I did another free session. I made that sale and I did another free session and I made that sale. And, you know, within six months, I was the top trainer at my club at the, at the gym that I was working at. And there had been people there for like 10 years. Um, and that was awesome. And then six months after that, I was the top trainer in the city. I just, I just like fell in love with it, you know? So but I'll never forget that first session. And I'm so grateful. I think about that sometimes. Like I'm so grateful that person ended up getting results and ended up buying with me because I it gave me the confidence I needed to keep moving forward. So true. It's so true when you're you just brought up such a good point. When you're building a business, you do gotta do a lot of free shit, if we're being honest. Like you do. Yeah. You need the, you need the yeah. testimonials, you need the credibility, like you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could tell you that I yeah. so I can totally relate to that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so now tell us yeah. what clientele now. So how has that shifted? Like, do you still work with the same type of clients? Like who's yeah. your real client? All of that. Yeah. So my clientele is awesome. Like it, it really does vary every, you know, when they call it personal training, like it is personal, each person's very different. So I have everything from 14 year olds to 70 year olds. I have males, I have females, I have uh, X division one athletes and I have 70 year olds and they've never worked out a day in their life. So that's one of the beautiful things about personal training. And another reason why I'm able to kind of put the hours in hour after hour is never, every hour is never the same. Um, so, but I'd have to say the majority, just being in our downtown Boston area, I'd say the majority of my clients are either in tech or finance or law. 
probably it's a young city. So I'd say the majority of my clients are like typically between like 25 and 45. Um, and they're just looking to either for the most part, you know, uh, get moving, especially during Corona. A lot of people are stuck at home right now and they're waking up and their commute is from their bed to their, their couch. Um, and that's totally right. And that's like detrimental to people's health. And you see like obesity and lifestyle is like kind of the worst it's been in a really long time. And as Americans, it was really bad to begin with before we were forced to stay home all day long. So I'd say my average client right now are just people trying to bounce back from Corona. I also have clients that, you know, I've started training like seven or eight years ago and I have clients that have been with me for seven or eight years. And then I have clients that just signed up and have done seven or eight sessions with me. So it really does vary. Um, but I love that about it because it's never like the same thing twice, you know? Totally. That's awesome. So I, if I'm a new client and I want to work with you, like, how do I work with you? What are the options? Like, give me the consultation. Anybody that's interested in working out with me, um, they're welcome to. I do do in-home virtuals. It, it depends. It, it, it goes back to it being personal. So it depends on what that person has at their disposal. Uh, living in like downtown Boston, I know a lot of people that live in like apartment buildings have gyms in their, in their buildings. And then I know there's people that I've trained that have like their grandfather's weight room set from like the seventies in their basement. So it really is whatever that person has, whatever their goals are. Um, if you reach out to me, uh, we will do what's called a health profile and screening. Um, and we essentially, I just ask you questions for like an hour, get to know you, get to know about your exercise history, injury history, what your goals are, what you like to do, what you hate to do. Um, you know, really how much time you're willing to invest in the training and and we kind of just get after it. And one of the really cool things that I do, and I think it's one of the reasons why I've become so successful is that, um, I guarantee results too, whether you're coming into my studio to work one-on-one with me or you're training virtually with me. I have a client in Australia. I train every week named Danielle. So I, I literally train people all over the world. Um, whether you're 10 feet away from me or 10,000 miles away, like Danielle, I guarantee results or I refund your money too. Um, so yeah, you can always just reach out to me give it a try, vibe it out, see if you like me and think that we're a good fit. And then we get after it. It's awesome. So I have another question because this, this came up in a recent conversation that I had. So there was something that I know that went to a personal trainer and only had one session and went on the scale and they were like, I don't see results yet. So like, what is your advice to somebody? Like one session is not going to make or break these things. So you give this person advice. Yeah. So I think, uh, one of the problems going back to like the culture of America right now, I think that people are so, uh, vested in like this idea of instant gratification and anything worth having takes time. Um, and that includes your health and wellness, right? Um, you're not going to, if you think you're going to do one session with me and get results, like don't bother messaging me because it doesn't work that way. It's it, you could have the best workout of your life and, and it, you know, you could burn a thousand calories. You're still not going to get that dream body after one workout. I, I want to see where you are not after one workout, but where you are after one season, after one year, it's consistency, uh, that really helps people get to the, and there is no end game either. Like I don't want people that have a vision in their head of where they want to be. Like I want people that want to fall in love with the process of getting to that place. I want to, I want, I want clients that enjoy working out and are excited to work out and are thinking about working out and not excited to get to an end game, not excited to get someplace. Like you have to fall in love with the process in order to get the results as much as you have to fall in love with the vision of where you want to be. Does that make sense? Totally. And what's Jesse's, what's your theory about like nutrition versus personal training, like the balance? Yeah. 
So, uh, it's, that's, you know, that's always a big, a big thing as well too. Right. So nutrition is, is, is completely fundamental. Like it's, you can't, you can't out train a bad diet. So if we're kicking ass every week, several times a week, and you're burning tons of calories, building lots of meat, lean muscle mass, and then you're going home and you're eating pizzas, like you're not going to get results. Um, nutrition is super, super important. And it's really not, and people don't like to hear this, but nutrition's almost the easiest part of fitness because it's more about what not to do. For me, like I think exercising, getting up when it's cold early in the morning, getting to the gym, that to me is, that's the hard part. It's just, it's so much more about discipline. It's so much more about not doing things when it comes to nutrition. It's, it's not eating the sugars. It's not eating the carbs. It's not drinking the alcohol and the opportunities you have to like, and that can be really, really hard, especially, um, for people who have, you know, an entire life or decades of bad, um, habits, that's been the hardest part I think is people that kill their workouts and then go sabotage nutritionally. But I walk my clients through that as well. So I study nutrition at Boston university as well. And really the fundamental thing that I've seen working year after year and my clients get the best results on is cutting carbs and intermittent fasting. And that's it. Like there's no crazy pill. There's no crazy, like secret to getting fit or to eating properly. It's cutting carbs because carbs store in our body is fat and having an excess amount of carbs means we're going to have an excess amount of fat and it's intermittent fasting, right? Our body's not designed to be sitting down every, our body's not designed to say, Hey, look, it's lunchtime. I'm going to go sit down and eat, even though I'm not hungry. Hey, look, it's time to have a snack. Hey, look, it's dinner time. Like our body's not designed to sit down every four hours and eat. Like our ancestors would hunt and gather for days at a time, get something to eat, consume that, and then they'd go back to hunting and gathering sometimes for days again at a time. And that's kind of what intermittent fasting models for our body. Um, intermittent fasting is when we put our body into a state of like ketosis, which means we haven't eaten in such a long amount of time, our body starts to get rid of the fat that we've collected. And the good news is that that long amount of time is only 16 hours. So essentially, if you don't eat for 16 hours, which sounds like a really long time, Jackie, but it's not because if you, you have to remember you're sleeping for probably eight of those hours, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wake up, say, at you know, six or 8am, if you can wait till lunchtime, you can eat pretty much anything you want between lunch and and dinner, and then, you know, stop eating around six or 8pm. And then you go into that state of ketosis, half of the time you're asleep. So you don't even feel hungry. Um, and your body gets used to that as well. And what happens is when you're in that 16 hour fasted window, your body starts to start eating that fat instead of the extra, instead of the food in your stomach. Cause you haven't had food in like 16 hours. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is that so how he does his meal? Like, do you do that regularly? Yeah. So when I, so I do competitive powerlifting. So going back to how it's personal, uh, I'll never have six pack abs. Like I, and I empathize with my clients on that, but those aren't my goals. I bench 350, you know, I squat 450 and I deadlift 550. Like I, my goals are always to be the strongest person in the room, not the prettiest. And so for me, I need a lot of calories to do that. And I'm Italian. Like I love, I, I live on Hanover street. Like I, I, I empathize <laughs> with my, Italian like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like I empathize with my, my foodie clients. Like I get it. Um, but if your goals are to get rid of that and you know, when I compete, I compete at 198, which is still a pretty good sized man. Um, but right now I'm walking around at, you know, well over 220 pounds, um, but when I get into those competition windows where I need to lose weight to fit and to get into my weight class, 
Yeah, exactly, Jackie. I'm cutting carbs. I'm intermittent fasting. Uh, there's, you really can't eat enough real food like chicken, turkey, tuna, uh, fruits, and veggies. Those are real foods. You can't eat enough of that stuff to get you fat. It's the pizza. It's the pasta. It's the processed foods that are so easy for us to get as Americans everywhere. Um, that's going to destroy your nutrition. Um, but yeah, meal prepping is another thing I highly recommend my clients to do is if you have time on like a Sunday, get a bunch of Tupperware, make turkey, uh, turkey, chicken, tuna, fish, uh, put some fruits, put some veggies in there and, you know, make a bunch of these prepared, prepared meals. That way, when you are hungry and you are at your like eating window, you don't have any excuse to eat poorly because you already have some healthy meals made for you. Does that make sense? 100%. I love meal. I use meal, a meal prep company because I'm just like, it's all about the forcing control, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. I, that. Um, I have another question too on workouts specifically and the length of workouts. Cause I'm noticing yeah. more and more especially online platforms are saying like 30 minutes is like a good range. Like what is your advice in terms of what you do with people? Like is 30 minutes a good workout, 60 minutes? Like what does it look like? So my clients all train 60 minute sessions. Um, even at 60 minutes, that's only 4% of your day. Um, which means there's still a shit ton more time during the day that you, you know, you're going up against uh, in this fitness journey of making good decisions, um, and staying active. So I think, I mean, my personal opinion, if you're doing a 30 minute workout, you're really only investing 2% of your day into health and wellness. So I, I think it's, I don't think a half an hour is enough. Even, even if I could, I'd train my clients two, three hours a day. You know what I mean? But that's not, that's not realistic either. Um, the more time, just like anything else, though, the more time you're willing to invest into it, the better the results are going to be. Um, so my clients typically will train two, three days a week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is, especially with my training modality, because I specialize in a thing called hypertrophy or hypertrophy. Some people call it, and that's the science of tearing and repairing muscle. And so Unlike maybe like a soul cycle class or a Zumba class or something really cardio or aerobic focused, um, what we're doing is we're burning a ton of calories through heavy lifting, like squatting, bench pressing, deadlifting, pull-ups, dips, stuff like that. And what happens is your muscles tear due to the exertion. It's not, it sounds bad, but you get micro tears in the muscles due to the exertion. And what happens is over the next 48 hours, those muscles prepare themselves back into place, but they repair themselves back typically for women more tight and toned and stronger. And then for men, you see them start to put on a little bit more muscle mass because the testosterone, but that whole process of tearing those muscles, exercising, you're burning all those calories. And then those following two days, your core temperature is still up and your body's still burning calories through that process of hypertrophy, which is that repairing process. So unlike a soul cycle or a Zumba or something like that, where you go get your heart rate up and then you leave and you go right back to where you were, my clients are still burning calories days after our workouts. Um, and so typically my clients are doing like, you know, one hour workout every other day or two, every single week for a year or two. And that's where they start to see those, those, those changes coming in place. Cause you're not just burning calories during the workout, but with my training modality, you're burning calories throughout the whole week, even when you're not working out. That's the best way. Everybody needs to hire Jesse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. can you tell us, um, I want to play game time with you, but before we do that, can you tell everybody how they can reach out to you and get in touch? Yeah. So, um, I am horrible at tech, but I am pretty good at Instagram. That's actually how you and I got in contact. Totally. Um, <laughs> if you message, if you look me up on Instagram is, is 
awesome. Uh, I don't have like Snapchat or TikTok or any other new like stuff that all kids use, but I do have Instagram and I know how to navigate that. So um, if you want to look me up on Instagram, it's just my username is Jesse Sitaro, J-E-S-S-E-S-E-T-A-R-O, or you can text me too. I'll respond to that. And I, I'm comfortable giving out my phone number because it's my business one. Uh, you can text me at 617-903-2812 and I'll respond to that because it's on, it's on me in my pocket at all times. So it's easy to get in contact with me that way. Awesome. All right, everybody. Yeah. The biggest takeaway is you need to reach out to Jesse. And is there anything you want to offer? <laughs> is there anything you want to offer? Yeah. Right yeah. If anybody is interested in trying out like a month of training with me, um, I'm more than willing to do like one session a week with you. So that's on me. That's, that's just a special thing through Yahoo and through Jackie. You hit me up, let me know what your goals are. We'll sit down and talk about them. And then whether you could come into my studio, if you're in the Boston area, or you'd like to do a virtual, I'd be more than willing to do one session a week for a month with you for free. Uh, just hit me up or one of my trainers. Cause I have several trainers that work for me that are just as good as me, if not better, but we'll get you taken care of is, 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 is what I'm saying. So uh, like I said, message me on Instagram. It's Jesse Sitaro. Uh, just DM me or text me at 617-903-2812. And I guarantee you, I can help you. Awesome. That's such a nice offer. Thank you for doing that. All right, you're welcome, so are Jackie. Are you ready for game time? This is just a fun way yeah. to get to know you outside. I feel like you're yeah, an open book, Jesse, but this is fun. Yeah. So, okay. What is Jesse's like favorite food? Like get specific about Italian. Oh man. Penne all vodka. Like I love vodka sauce. Like I love pink sauces. I love anything. Like I'll go out to a restaurant and I'll, and I'll be like, can I get the chicken parm? But can you put like a vodka sauce on that for me or pink sauce instead? Like I'm telling you, Jackie, I would weigh 400 pounds if I didn't own a gym. Um, my like obesity runs in my family and I am a foodie at heart. So uh, even the fact that I'm not, I don't have abs, but I'm not 500 pounds is a testament to how good our training modality is. Awesome. It's so oh, cool. Man, You're big. Really- you're really like breaking yeah. the mold for your family's like history. It's like, freaking awesome yeah. to watch. I just have to say in more ways than one. Okay. Thank you. Um, no problem. What is it's your- It's really nice. Yeah, I mean it though. What is your like TV guilty pleasure these days? I don't have a lot of time to watch TV as you can imagine. No, but, totally. Uh, my but favorite if you, if you get TV down. show- I'll fight anybody on this. I think New Girl is the best television show of all time. I think Schmidt is the best like character in the history of television. He makes me laugh. And then uh, like drunk chicks at bars always tell me I look like Nick Miller when I have my scruff grown in. <laughs> and I'll send you a, I'll send you a side. There's a, I have a side by side of us where I actually have like my facial hair grown out. And like, it's, it's scary when people come up to me and they're like, Hey, has anyone ever told you? I'm like, Oh God, here we go. Nick Miller, new girl. And they're like, yeah. So I love new girl. I think it's so freaking funny. Previews for that, I've never seen it before. Oh, so you've got to watch it. Watch. You've okay. got to watch it. It's you've, so you've inspired funny. me. I'm gonna check it and out. I, I relate to all the characters on it too because I look like one of them. One of the uh, characters is actually a personal trainer that lives there. Then uh, Schmidt's so funny. Like they're all so funny. Everyone thinks it's about Zoe Deschanel, but it's really about the dynamic. So like the male roommates that are so freaking funny. Best show ever. Okay, you really like sold me. I'm gonna check this out. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Okay, where is your favorite place you've ever traveled, and what is a bucket list place that you want to go to? Florence. I love Florence, Italy. My entire apartment is just like Florence. Style. Love Florence. Uh, Great choice. <laughs> I love Florence, Italy. I think it's the most beautiful place in the world. I've been there three times in like the last four years. So 
I go as, and I would have gone last year if it wasn't for Corona. Um, but I just love it. The food's amazing. The cultures, the people are amazing. You know, the, even the music, there's people that play music in the streets that are better than like concerts I've been to in Boston. Like the food's delicious. It's affordable. It's the birthplace of the Renaissance. Like it's just so beautiful. Like the cobblestone streets and the history. And it's just, Oh God, I, I wish I was there right now. I would live there. I would live there if I could. It's my favorite place in the world. Yeah. Great choice. I like love it. there. Yeah. It Have so you been? Magical. It's the yeah. best. Yes. It's like, the best. So magical. Like really. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's what's so like a great. Bucket list? What's a bucket list you've never been you want to go to? I don't know why, because it's, it's so, it's so far off of the grid of like, any of my travel plans for like the next 10 years, but I've, I'm fascinated by like Japan um, but not like Tokyo. Well, obviously you have to go to Tokyo because it's the world's biggest city, which is cool in itself. It's like three times larger than New York City, which I can't wrap my head around. Like it's something I just need to see. But what I really want to see is like Kyoto. It, it looks really cool. It's like the mountainsides of Japan. It's like the samurai culture comes from there. And there's like um, places you can go and stay for like two weeks where like you don't wear shoes and you just like don't talk. And there's like, you meditate like near the cherry blossoms and waterfalls. And it's just like, it's so different than the way I live my life, like waking up, putting on music, like, all right, go, go, go. Like, I think it would be a really amazing experience to like, just go to a retreat in like the mountainsides of Japan, and, like meditate and like journal. Like, I don't know. It's just something I've actually looked into. Like there's a thing called the cherry blossom festival where there's like um, literally just cherry blossom trees, like for as far as the eye can see that are like beautiful, like pink. I don't know. It just looks really cool. So I think that's probably more of a bucket list thing because there's still so many places in Italy. Like I'm such a meatball. I have my next like four trips to Italy planned out. But uh, I think I, I think Japan. Your dog meatball, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a dog named Meatball. He's a baby. He looks scary. He's, he's a rescue. He's a ninety pound pit bull. I could see him right now. He's looking at me because he hears his name. Is he talking about me, Dad? <laughs> he's such a baby. That's, but I, he's like, a gentle I'm giant. Very, so side note, I just learned a lot about Japan that I never knew. So thank you for yeah, sharing yeah. that. That's so cool. You got to look it up. It looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about like journaling and meditating. Like maybe something yeah. that I should explore too. That's really cool. See, and I'm not. That's why I think it would be good for me to like intentionally fly across the world, turn my phone off and just like do it. You know what I mean? I think that'd be so good for you. I think so too. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Final question. If you could spend a day with somebody dead or alive, you've never met, yep. who would you choose and why? Oh, okay. Uh, Jesus. Is, is that a, is that a, is that a, is that, a, is that, is sure. that like a, Listen, I've asked is that a, this many times I've never heard that answer. Sure. Be, <laughs> it would be Jesus. I mean, I feel like that's a no brainer and anybody that picks like Marilyn Monroe or somebody ridiculous like that is just, it's just a goofball. Like Jesus is real. We know he was a real person. Like he, if you believe in like Napoleon or Cleopatra or any historic figure, if you use Jesus by the same historical um, standards to, to validate and verify that he was a real person, like he meets that criteria. And I want to know, like, you know, there's a reason why we live in the year like 2021. And I want to know, like, I want to meet the guy like outside of prayer and church. Like I want to, I want to have a, I want to drink some wine with Jesus. You know what I mean? But, like that would be dope. And, and be like, what's dope. the deal here? That's why cool. are we here? <laughs> I'm awesome. be like, what's the deal, Jesus? <laughs> what, a, what a cool answer, Jesse. That's awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> this has been so much fun. Can you repeat to everyone again how they can follow you on social media and reach out for like a consultation? Absolutely. Um, so once again, if you want to text me, my phone number is 617-903-2812. And then um, if you want to uh, look me up on Instagram and just shoot me a DM there, just go on the Instagram app. Um, I believe we follow each other. So if these people are, are some of your followers, they could probably find me through our mutual friends list. But if, if, if they don't, if you can't find me on there, just put in the search bar, my name, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, last name, Sitaro, S is in Sam, E-T-A-R-O. My page will pop right up and you can feel free to shoot me, uh, feel free to shoot me a direct message on there or comment on one of my posts and I'll make sure to get back to you. Yeah, Jesse's really fast. I do have to say that about you, fast. I'm so bad at tech, dude. Don't lie to them. Okay. I'm so, so bad. Instagram, <laughs> talking about Instagram, right? I couldn't Everything even figure out how to work the Zoom link. It's okay. It all worked <laughs> out, right? Yeah, it did. So Jesse, you're awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to be coming next on scene and stay tuned for who's next on scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.